Father, thank you so much for um, your incredible um, love on our behalf. Father, I just uh, help but uh, by uh, holiness and utterly um, set aside you are. Come to this time together to stand right and wrong, and yet, Father, just um, character, scream, action, and holy. All of the above, Father, just a definition of perfection, very um, essence of holiness, Father, um, to which all other created are measured again, standard. And Father, I just, I pray as we go through our time to get up to importance of this key specific area of a worldview, Father, may you help us understand why it is so utterly uh, jugular to our, our lives, how we live our lives, um, how we think, um, decisions. Father, give us the candles or the categories to engage those around this particular subject and would help us to be able to buy the things we Okay. Um, in a sentence or two, um, describe how your homework went. Uh, what did you struggle with most in your homework and what were some of your conclusions? Were you able to get get I to the homework? Yeah. Uh-huh. What 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 made the difference between the struggle at the front end and then kind of wrapping your head around it and getting going. What 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 seemed to be the little bit of the, um, yeah, the I think flip? Just thinking through it. Okay. Right. You know, having to. Uh huh. Uh huh. So so so, so putting you putting yourself in their shoes. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Others. How they would think. How they bond possibly. Okay. Uh-huh. So I went to the website some of their different... <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Right and wrong is. Yeah. And I just can't wait feeling bad because the last one really hit me. Right, however, now that's mysterious. I Never know. Okay. So that that's kind of... When you finish reading through that, Anne, how did... I mean, you said... I mean, how'd you, how'd you feel? First of yeah. all, my small mind. Right. And I would say, well, if it brings someone else... Okay. I thought to Job, and I thought, wow, and my life... Right. Life to bring about, not like necessarily to correct, but, but through a process. Not necessarily bad. Yeah. It's a yeah. Um, anyway, so. Um, yeah, why do you think that is? Because I think you're right. Well, I think there. Because I think if if there really isn't any, can't know, can't be wrong. Yeah. And if that can't be wrong, consequences, well, consequences right? Consequences, yeah. Gonna, right. You know. Right. You know, I try to be the best. I mean, everybody else is doing the same thing, yeah. so, <laughs> right? Um, no better or worse than anybody. Yeah. Probably better than a lot. Uh huh. And, and that's okay. Okay. Just, you know, kind of muddle through my life and yeah. try to happiness enjoy where I can. Let everything else be. And and how? I mean, we'll come back to the implications and how to engage somebody like that. But what are your initial thoughts about how to how to arrest that thought process? Chris, I mean, you can't. Okay. God already knows you. Huh? Okay, so so what's fascinating to me is like through this whole effort we've been going through, and we'll pick it up even more again next week, right? But but what's clear to me is that there's just this there's one there's the biblical point of view, and then there's kind of like all others, right? And the all others are so various and different um, that uh, it's very challenging to kind of put your finger on any one thing, but. But one thing's true is that they're all o- pretty much okay with living together in that framework of of non-absolutes. But you come to this side of the equation on the biblical worldview, and that's where tolerance goes thro- throughout the w- throws out the window, right? It's like, well, because you're so narrow-minded about what you believe. Um, then you're to be the one opposed. I'm okay with tolerance in this window over on this side of the house, if that makes sense, yep. because it doesn't have any implications to me. It doesn't ruffle my feathers. But when I come over here, oh, this is a this 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 is something very very different. Yeah. So you're saying this is my side. It's all yeah. It's kind of like that bumper sticker code Correct. with all the different All of the pieces, symbols, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. religious symbols. Yeah. Well, yep. Yeah. 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 I guess. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Discourse. Okay. On the biblical world side. Uh huh. Uh huh. People have not. Why do you think that is? 
If it is true, why do you think it is? We have to okay. I went to, um, we all come with our thunder bikes, which we're out there a lot because the young people, a lot of them are real. So I had, and so I made an that that he hadn't introduced, or I didn't get access by, as they had re- aren't doing background work, mm-hmm. but um, I'm watching how it's re- are, are doing that all. I've, I've learned a lot about it truth. It, it really is, and, and when you're talking about that, because I think this it's the truth, right? Not what we're Correct, and so the, the thing I want to encourage us about this particular one, you know, depending on, you know, your point, where you've come from, this this could or could not be um, completely accurate. I think it's accurate across most of everything, right? But my, my point there that I want to encourage us about is is the pursuit of truth. First of all, like John was saying earlier, God gave us the word of God so that truth would be knowable. Point number two is that um, there are some things on the essentials that are important to stand strong, very strong on, right? And and what I've always said is that um, there are some other things that I I still believe are important to have a framework of, but but they, they aren't a hill to die on, you know, so to speak. And so what I always try to do with people is I, I have come to a place of great confidence in what I believe over the years. And it's not to say that it's I'm totally willing to entertain anybody's perspective, Um, but I've come to a great place of great confidence because of having studied. And so I'm like, I'm not vested in that. Follow me? I'm not not vested because the truth is the truth, and it will stand on its own, not with me having to be the one to kind of like guard the truth, okay? Because the truth is the truth, and it's going to be the truth no matter what. (laughs) Right, and so my point here that I want to encourage us about is, um, uh, it's okay to have these conversations and and ask the tough questions and and receive the good information from other people, and then point them different directions for follow up, learning more, etc., and then having further conversations about that. Because I just believe, like the truth, like your quest to the truth will. F- We'll find, like God says really clearly, and we're going to find out today how, how that actually works. But, but God has, God, God being truth, um, we, will bring us to that point if we're really um, serious about it. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One thing I would tell they're talking about, coming from a wrong viewpoint. Of- yeah. And so, just a point of view, another perspective on what you just said, which... Which is true, which is true on the cognitive perspective, but where I would kind of flip it just a, a, a tad, right, is that, like, from a from a personal perspective or a human perspective, it's like, oh my gosh, like there's huge implications, like, like yeah. have an eternity at stake, you have life at stake, you have all of these things that are like, kind of behind your conversation, like, right. and so how do you? How do you go on offense on love, right, with truth? So right. it's it's that it's that combination. I mean, your point is well taken, right? And but but how do we? One of the things that's easy to do in this conversation about uh, about what is truth and worldviews is to is to I just always talk about this balance, right? I talk about this balance that is very 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 important. Is you know which side are we going to fall off on? Truth or love? Follow me? And so I just think we have to figure out how to have this thing balanced on a regular basis. And all of us, based upon our MO, our, our character, our, our just the way we're wired, tend to fall off the horse on one side or the other. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I would suggest that if I'm more of a truth person, I need to figure out how to love. In, in my dialogue. If I'm more of a love person, I need to learn how to speak the truth, confident in that truth. Um, and, and it's this balance that we have to kind of work towards. And all of us have the balance. I'm, I'm, everybody in this room, I can, I can probably tell you who, who you are, okay? But um, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah? So um, any other struggles that you might have had in your homework or 
Um, conclusions then, there? We'll come to your conclusions, but any other struggles? Yeah. Yeah. This modern eagerness to be talked about revulsion happier. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this. There's, so there's this, this side of this which is like having a discourse around differing perspectives. But when those perspectives start to go south of depravity and, the, well, the four things we talked about before, right? Immorality, idolatry, you know, um, depravity, and uh, um, the other one. Um, when, when, we, when it starts to go down that road, it becomes a far more challenging conversation to have. Um, and uh, so, yeah, appreciate you sharing that. That's really important and good. Um, yeah, you see that. Yeah. I mean, I'm reading normalize that. Yeah. Well, but if well, you... I agree. No, you're wrong, but... But, but here's the whole point, and I'll bring this up. Uh, you know, I had a, an hour conversation on a train ride with somebody from here, of, you know, counseling them to counsel others, right, around family, you know, as out and... You know, parents are struggling with how to deal, you know, work that and everything. Long story short, but um, the the point that I turned the tables on was, look, if if you don't have a biblical worldview, then everything else is relative. There's no other place you can land that says that that's not okay. How can you, how, if you don't have a standard to which you are saying, that is okay or not okay. See, all of our laws literally in, are, are built around a Judeo-Christian ethic and a, and a framework. And so if, those, if, if our laws were thrown away and we were, we were to put in place laws today um, based upon the water level of the culture, okay, it would be a very different construct. And, and then if you go to another country and you put those laws in place, not just on the average construct of the water level of our culture here in the U.S., but you had those laws in those other countries um, actually inscribed and written down based upon the dictator of a la carte of, of, of that country, it would even be completely worse. So you're starting to get a sense of, like, why is... Answering this question, what is right and what is wrong, is like a, like just, just the words themselves. Um, well, that's a question. Like, how uh, I said, what significance do the very words themselves conjure up? Yeah, I said good versus bad. Before they said, how would you define right and wrong? Well, I said, you got to have a standard to go off of first. Okay, so that's a really important point. So otherwise, standard. What Vicky says is right for her is right for Correct. her. Correct. What I say is right about for me. Follow up. It's all about me. Correct. What secular humanism is that? As long as it doesn't offend anybody, offense is determined very relatively to each person. Well, right. Yeah. So this is a really important point, a standard of some kind. And so the next question after this is like, okay, what is that standard? That's the fundamental question we're going to deal with today. Mm -hmm. What is that standard? Okay. And so um, what else about uh, question number three, significance? to the words themselves conjure up. I mean, just when you say good versus evil, you're already where? Ready. Yep, so this connects directly back up to here, right? So my definition of good would be very different than your definition of good or evil. Well, yeah, you look at, like, I think it's good to be cutting heads off of Christians. Correct. Or, well, or the other group would say, uh, you know, that's, that's evil. Or if I'm a Satanist... I've actually flipped these two around in, in many of their minds. Right. And we're going to come more to that too. Okay. So, so standard, what else would you put up here def defining this line? I found the verse. Huh? And I found okay. it because we're right. as humans. Yeah. I went through everything. Uh -huh. I went through reason okay. only through Jesus. Okay. And that yeah. So, so Jesus, in, in your... In your uh, homework, you came to the conclusion that, like, Jesus is truth. Like, he is, is 
He is the truth. Yeah. Okay. It was re regret, but it wasn't repentance, right? There's a big difference between the two. Well, the fact that he went out and hung himself, we know, we know that he didn't really repent. Sure, but but one would argue that if he repented, he would have re you know gone back to. But here's the argument I'm going to make. Yeah. Failed him were the priests sent to them. Absolutely. They, yeah. I'm not saying it. Right. But they knew what they wrong. Correct. Because they recognized money. Sure. And what they did with that, our, our civil framework. Yeah. framework, that is what I saw as our Okay, good. Um, good. I like it. The, uh, so that's. So, so did you all basically say whatever was here was the opposite of here? Is that kind of how you did it in your? Okay, all right, that's fair. So, so we were just basically saying, you know, this doesn't equal that, right? So, the opposite of. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. All right. Um, let's. Uh, I want to move on and. Uh, Last week, just very quickly, um, just to kind of reset ourselves, um, we talked about my purpose, why I'm here. We, we talked about um, our, our problem. Our problem, you know, is really, at the end of the day, intimacy with God. And we talked about what worship was. Um, we said that uh, uh, life's foundational anchors um, are that I was created to seek God, to know God, to worship God, to enjoy God, to give Him glory that my life is not my own anymore, that I, the most important goal in my life is to please Him and give Him glory. I please God by, and realize His primary will for my life when I'm in the process. Notice I say process. Again, pre progressive sanctification of becoming more like Christ. Um, God knows I will not be perfect, but He does expect me to be growing. That's the key thing. Am I on a trajectory or am I going backwards, because no one's sitting, standing still in this process. And then I now am accountable to God for how I live my life. It's not my own anymore. And I shared with you my, uh, my wedding vow, and I shared with you my own purpose, um, which I have um, perfect, per, uh, personally. That brings us to um, this week, which is my compass, what's right and wrong. Um, so let's start with that. And, and look at it. So our objective, our learning objective for today is uh, to understand what is right and what is wrong. This is at the top of page two. To understand what is right and what is wrong. So first of all, we have to kind of uh, get our definitions right. Get our definitions right. So um, here what you'll see is um, uh, for right, uh, definition is that that which is morally correct, morally just, and honorable. Morally just and honorable. So one of the things I want to bring up to here, this very, this, the answer to number three is that this, the, in order to answer number three, you have to move into a whole realm called morality. And what's morality? In order to answer that question, you have to move out. To a realm called morality. What, by the very word itself, it's saying what you've already brought forward, which is that this is um, there's a dimension of of goodness, of rightness, of justness, of perfectness. Of there's a there's like a standard of some kind that is in is in make sense. Okay, and so um, an example here is she doesn't understand the difference between right and wrong. Okay. Um, so again, there's a standard. Um, synonyms, goodness, righteousness. So righteousness coming from rightness. Righteousness, um, it's interesting because like some of these words would actually be the, the very words themselves that describe God's character. Uh, you see that? Like God alone is holy. God alone is righteous. God alone is good. God alone is just. God alone is fair. God alone has integrity. God alone has virtue. God alone has, is, the, is the definition of morality. Um, so you, truth, 
you just go on and on, honesty. Like he is the, the, the quintessential definition of these, these things. And so um, when we get to wrong, uh, definition here is a, an unjust or a dishonest or an immoral action. So back to your point, I just drew this line, right? So it's not that it's the abs. So this is a really key point I want to bring up with you. This is really, really important. Um, so what I want to get at is that these two things are not opposites. They are, but that's not the definition of what, how the Bible defines the different thing. Let me say this. What I mean by that is, there's right, okay, right here, that everything that is 0% to 99.9999 to infinity percent is wrong. Why do I take the time to explain it that way? Why is, why is that so important here? Yep. Yep. Correct. So yeah. Bullseye Correct. Is wrong. Exactly. And so, the, the scriptures use the word um, to transgress or to. It's really the word sin. It's the word sin. So sin is wrong. So sin and wrong would be equated to be. Sin would be. It's falling short of the mark. And the mark we learn today is the glory of God. So if right is the glory of God, or God himself, the beautiful aggregation of his, his character trait, glory, then God himself is the very essence of right. So anything on any character trait or attribute of who God is, anything is watered down or doesn't meet, hit that, mark of perfection, of perfectness, in one of those character, love, everything, that says it falls short. And what verse can you come up with that talks about that? 23, for all have sinned, the word sinned, okay, which means to not hit that mark, and fallen short of the glory of God. Exactly the point. So that becomes... Our definition. It's not that there's this, uh, we'll talk about this at the end of our time together today. It's not like as though Satan is the opposite of God. No, Satan represents, yeah, you may have a, you may have a, um, a spectrum of, of, of evil, but, but the way the scriptures define evil is not that spectrum or wrongness. It's, it's the Point oh 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 one percent of not hitting the mark. So it doesn't matter whether you're at the point oh 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 one percent or whether you're at the other end of one percent of not hitting the hundred percent. You've fallen short, and and we are under condemnation, God's wrath to that end. That issue's not. Real. Does that make sense conceptually? We're going to go to there. Okay. Um, so send an example here is I've done you a great wrong. The, the synonyms here, again, transgression, trespass, sin, all the same, same thing, same words here um, to, to begin with. So let's talk about um, how does one know right or wrong. Um, uh, let's take, I, I didn't put this in a build, I should have. Um, let's, let's take these one at a time, though, so just stay with me. Don't, don't get ahead because it's easy to jump ahead as opposed to staying with me. Let's, let's take them one by one. The first one here is, um, again, how does, every, how does one know right or wrong? First and foremost, every human is created in the image of God with a conscience. Every human is created in the image of God with a conscience. Um, you don't have to turn to this one, but we will turn to James. Uh, but Genesis one twenty seven says this, And God created man in his own image. Said, like he was talking about all the beasts of the field, all the um, animals, all, all the created order. He said, None did he say this about. Verse 26 says, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. He didn't say that about anybody else or any other cre creation. 
So then he says he went on to make him in his own um, So what is that difference of being created in God's image to the other parts of creation? First of all, there's a there's there's something about a completely distinctness. There's a distinctness here that is that that, that God is very clear about communicating why human beings are created differently than animals. What do you think? Why why are human beings distinctly different other animals? So first of all, that they're created in God's image. Okay? Okay? What is a conscience? Yeah, so it's really about this issue here, isn't it? Yeah. That there's, there's some type of a, an inner voice that God has put in our hearts that fundamentally, at least, you know, sear it, <laughs> Tells us what really is right and wrong. Um, that's not in the in, in an animal. Not something that is. Now they can learn through behavioral changes. Say what you want them to do, but it's not the same as having a construct that that says what is right and very different. Makes sense. Reason is another whole one. Yes. Come, let us reason together. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Oh yeah. Correct. Exactly. Okay, good. So, um, uh, James 3, verse 9 says, uh, got that verse. Somebody want to read that? Talking about uh, the tongue, you know, the actual t- our tongues, people who are made in the likeness of God. Okay. Good. Um, okay, uh, the second one here is a conscience instincti- instinctively recognizes good and evil and tells right from wrong. Conscience instinctively recognizes good and evil and tells right from wrong. Romans 2, 14 and 15. Yeah. For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instead in the law, are all the works of the law written alternately? So, he's saying this about Gentile. He, he uses, talks about Gentiles, right? So, before, uh, anyway, outside of that, he talks about Jews. And Jews, he says, have been given the law. So the Jews have been given the law. So they, they know what is right and wrong through the law, capital L, right? Uh, law from God. But Gentiles, he says, um, may not, haven't, don't have, uh, you know, until they heard about that, they don't have the law. Um, or, or even if you go, prior to the law, capital L, from Genesis to the law, how did people know what was right and wrong? It's because God had imprinted in their heart this conscience to be able to know instinctively what is right and wrong. That's what he's saying here. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Ran and hide. Yeah, ran and hid. Exactly. And so he says this conscience... um, uh, uh, like you said earlier, John, it, it, it's this it, it, inner um, framework that either um, alternately accuses or defends us. It's like a legal prosecutor going back and forth saying what's, what makes sense. Or what's, um, okay, uh, due to Adam's sin, we are all sinners, Romans 5.12, and tend to excuse our, our sin. Due to Adam's sin, we are all sinners and tend, if we were just, lean, you know, if we given our druthers, to excuse our sin. Doing this over time, we harden our consciences. We harden our conscience. Due to Adam's sin, we are all sinners. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world. Who's the one man? Adam. So just as through one man sin entered into the world. Okay. And death through sin, that's physical, spiritual, eternal death through sin. So death spread to all men. So this is all men are imputed, is a word that's used here, imputed with the sin nature, with the, with the sin nature, with the, with the ramifications of the sin that Adam did in the garden that was passed on to them in initial way through what's called imputation. So that was given and spread to all men because all sinned. The second way it was spread to all men 
besides it being imputed to them, is, is that they, sin is inherited also. And so inherited sin comes through, through the, um, the uh, man and a woman when they have a baby, that, that, that p- passing on of that g- those genes is how that inherited sin nature comes to every single person since then. Then the third area, if that wasn't enough, that sin is passed on is through individual sin, like my individual sin that I do. Regardless of whether I was imputed sin or regardless of whether I was inherited sin, I sin. So all three. So um, then he goes on to say, um, oh, doing, doing, sinning over time, we harden our conscience. Uh, Romans 1, we read this last time. And it talks about, I'll use verse 28 as the example. He says that even though they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, that's the key thing, acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things proper. So he says, you want that? I'll give it to you. So that's the outcome of that. Um, They harden their conscience. Um, Another word is they sear their conscience. That, you know, when you have a... um, you have a cut, right? You keep it from bleeding by just cauterizing or searing it. They've done that time and time and time again in order to not have their conscience rise up and call them uh, wrong. Um, so the fourth one here is, as darkness is defined by the absence of light, sin is defined by the absence of goodness or rightness. As darkness is defined by the absence of light, sin is defined by the absence of goodness or rightness. James 4.17, that together. 4.17. Okay. So this, this is speaking much more of that individual sin. Saying, like, if you know the right thing to do because your conscience has told you that, choose not to do that. You will yourself to not do it that way. Then I'm, then, then according to James, he says, then, then that is sin. That is sin. Make sense? So, fifth, since God is the very embodiment of good or goodness, we saw this in Psalms, we saw this um, character, anything contrary to his nature is evil or sinful. So, since God is the very embodiment of good, anything contrary to his nature is evil or sinful. Um, let's take a look at Romans 3. Three. Would somebody read uh, verses um, 10 through 18 and then also 23? 10 through 18 and 23. Okay. So if you were to kind of describe this setting or this situation in your own words, how would you describe what you just heard? This is God speaking about mankind. <laughs> yeah. But, but he doesn't leave any thing to question here, does he? He says, none are righteous, not even one person. No one understands. No one seeks after God. All do not do good. Um, Then in verse 18, there is no fear of God. So he doesn't even like say like, okay, some people are trying their hardest. He says, no Fear of God, no holding him in high esteem, no reverence of his exists um, before their eyes. That's stunning. So, so some, so one would argue, well, well, some people are trying to seek God. Some people um, shoot to do good, right? And so, how would you, how would you, how would, how would you speak to that if somebody said this? How would you address that? In and of themselves, without God being the first mover, okay, they would not want to do that. God is active, and he's powerful, and he's changing hearts, and he's wooing men and women to himself around the whole world. He's drawing them to him. So the, so the real, defi- the real ex- explanation here is, apart from God, apart from God being that first mover, this is characterization of mankind. Initial one to move. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you see this happening all around the world right now. Um, You see it in the 
you know, behind the Iron Curtain, you see it behind, um, uh, in the Muslim world, you see it just all over the place. And God is actually um, calling men and women to himself, in, in sometimes even in miraculous ways, which is, which sometimes we, we, we don't know how to navigate that very well. Um, but this is what's happening. Um, this is what is. So if, 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 if all mankind is, are spiritually dead, there's nothing that they can do to reach out and feel or, or know. Right. can't do anything at all unless somebody breathes some type of want-to life of some kind into them to, to, to cause them to move a direction or, or whatever. So really, really important. Um, you know, I saw that before their eyes. Correct. Correct. And that's why he says up above here, right? He says there's no one in verse ten who understands. Mm-hmm. Yep. No one understands. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, we learn to distinguish good from evil by getting to know God. We learn to distinguish good from evil by getting to know God. God's word is the foundation for understanding Him. God's word is the foundation for understanding Him. Psalm 1, 1, and 2 I won't look at, but I do want to look at Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. By the way, Psalm 1, 1, and 2 basically says, you know, as we dwell in his word, he establishes us in, in success, you know, from, from his perspective, right? Psalm 119, um, 9 through 11. Somebody got that? Okay. So, so if you were to describe these verses, what he's basically saying is, like, if I want to be right, if I want to be pure, if I want to have integrity in my life, like, I need to wed my heart to his word. And it's through his word and my love of his word that will cause my want to, to please him and not sin in my life, not go less than rightness in my life. That's what he's trying to say. And so the, the antidote to sin in this situation or wrongness is um, the word of God. It, and it's not just the word of God and knowing it. Do not miss this word treasured. Tre- he says, I have treasured it in my heart. It's so valuable. It's like the most important thing. Like, it's not about just knowing God's word. It's about treasuring his word and treasuring God, my desire to want to please him. That's the difference here. Does that make sense, everybody? So that's the antidote to sin. That's the antidote to falling short. That's the antidote to being wrong. That's the ant- I mean, it's, it's treasuring that, so to speak. Um, so it's knowing it and it's treasuring it. Uh, the word of God and treasuring God himself. So um, uh, God's word is the foundation for understanding him. The next one is the closer we draw to the holiness of God, closer we draw to the holiness of God, the worse sin appears. It is only in God's light that we begin to see ourselves clearly. Let's go to Isaiah 6. Closer we draw to the holiness of God, Worse sin appears. It is only in God's light that we begin to see ourselves clearly. Somebody read Isaiah 6, 1 and 5. I would suggest that um, when we enter into the presence of God and we see him for who he is, high and lifted up, all of his majesty and all of his glory, that that, that experience sets the standard for my life, my lips, my mind, my actions, my desires, my affections, my aspirations, my everything to be judged. It just become painfully, painfully obvious. It's not even, it doesn't take but a nanosecond. don't want to know how bad I am. So is the fact that you don't want to know how bad you are change who you are? So wouldn't it be better to put the dead fish on the coffee table and talk about it, fix it? Because God actually asked. For, for forgiveness, yes, yeah, it is overwhelming. Like, God's holiness is utterly overwhelming. It's utterly overwhelming. It puts all of our sin on. It puts all of it with the bright, white, hot 
light of his holiness shining everything that that's exactly what it does. It forces two options. One, to repent. Two, to run and hide. But it doesn't change who I am, unless I choose the first one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Correct. His, his grace is utterly amazing. It's, it's experiential. In, his love is experiential. The lowest lows experience. So experiential relationship. Start to come to grips with these things. It's, yeah. Yeah, so, it's the other side. Yeah, it's completely the other side. Yeah, powerful. Thank you for um, So the next one says, we also learn to distinguish between right and wrong by knowing the word of God. The Bible delineates what is sinful and what is not. Those who are spiritually mature, um, let's take a look at Hebrews together. This one, I think, gives us the context of how to grow in this area. Hebrews chapter 5, verse... Okay. Solid food is for the mature. I, I would say mature. Um, all of us are in yeah. process, right? <laughs> um, but, but for those who want to stay on the track and, and, and become more like Christ, how's that? Um, who, who, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So there's, um, there's, there's um, this concept of of uh, working out in a gymnasium, it's the idea of 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 uh, fully exercising our uh, ability to <clears throat> look at a situation and determine uh, when it's gray, how does it become black and white? Mm-hmm. And that's the essence of discernment. Is like for anybody else looking at a situation, it would be like all jumbled up and it's gray. But when a person who is growing in Christ and is uh, continually letting the mind of Christ dwell richly in their life, they will have a, a much more capable mindset to allow them to disentangle uh, black from gray, black from white um, situation, to know the right things to do, to respond rightly situation to please God in a very muddled up setting to be able to come through and actually please God in it yeah um, so he says those who are um, who are growing in Christ and have a mindset to please him and those who have um, who dwell with the word of God richly will be much more capable of doing that in life. The next one is the ability to discern between right from wrong comes from studying and applying God's word. <clears throat> studying and applying God's word. The, d- the ability to discern doesn't, I, doesn't happen because I just read God's word. It's because I studied it and, I, and I'm, I'm, working at, I'm working out at applying it in my life. If we, if we make our purpose to seek God... We make our purpose to seek God and honor Him in everything we do. We will still under we, we will understand right and wrong, and know that our life choices are pleasing to Him. If we make our purpose to seek and honor God in everything we do, we will understand right and wrong, and know that our life choices. What's another word for life choices? It was the theme that we covered last week. Purpose. Our life choices are become our purpose. Okay, so. We'll understand what's right and wrong and know that our purpose will be to please God. Purpose to please God. Jeremiah 29, 13. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. So what's the, um, what's the, uh, what's the word he uses, words he uses here? The determining factor of finding God. Seek him. That's the first part of it, right? But the second part of it is when we, like, Un, undivided heart, un, uh, you know, uh, it's back to this issue here, with 100% of our heart, <laughs> not a portion of it, but all of it. Um, yeah. So <clears> the <throat> last one here is God's word is, filling, <clears throat> is filled with examples of those who did right and those who did wrong and what God desires from us. Um, turn to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. I got that? No. So he lays out in chapter in verse, in chapter 10, verses 1 through 9, 
um, through 10 actually, um, specific examples of people who disobeyed God from Israelites who, who disobeyed God through, through and, and then he comes to verse 11 and he says, um, if you look at verse 6, he says, now these things happened as examples for us, right? That we should not crave evil things as they also craved. And then you go to verse 11. Now these things happened to them as an example and they've been written down for our instruction. Um, so his point is like, God has written his word to give us insight into the things that please him and don't please him and then specific examples of people who please. Then you go to Hebrews, right? Hebrews Hebrews chapter 11. Like here here's your here's your hall of faith, you know, of the of the men and women who who trusted God, who took him seriously and and sought to please him above all other things in their life. Um, even if it meant being sawn in two. Uh, okay. <clears throat> um, so, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't, <laughs> did you get this one? I didn't flip to it. Um, I, I talked about them, right? So, yeah. did, did everybody get them? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I wanted us to finish our time together today by understanding the decision framework. The decision framework really comes back to the very top question here is, who will be the standard in our life? Who will be the standard in our life? And it's either God... Some people would say over on the right-hand side, it's ourselves. I, you, you could say that, I suppose. Um, but I would suggest that there, there's an adversary behind that ourselves, right? There's, it, um, it's, it's maybe both and, maybe, you know? And so um, it, I, I put God or Satan here. And so on the left-hand side, the decision framework is God, God is the standard, um, he's holy, he's good, he's righteous, and he's right. On the right-hand side, um, Satan is evil. And, I, and again, back to the definition of this, right? It's, it's, it's anything less than 100%. It's not like the opposite of. It's, it's anything less than that, okay? So uh, sin versus goodness, righteousness and transgression or trespasses, wrong or right, um, God is the standard, and then over the right-hand side, we are the standard. We've become the standard. Remember in, in Romans 1, they chose to not honor God, and they set themselves up as the standard, so to speak. Um, on the left is we come to know truth or what is right by knowing God through knowing his word. On the right-hand side, by nature, we are not good but sinful. As a result of sinning, over time, our consciences are seared. Our consciences are seared. On the left, we discern right versus wrong by measuring against God and his word. That's, that, those are the standards. On the right-hand side, we discern right versus wrong by measuring anything in life against what we think. Yeah. So, before we, I talk about the homework for next week, um, uh, back to the questions here from the beginning, it was... Um, what barriers must be overcome? Oh, first of all, number four, how does one's definition of these things tie to a person's compass? And what implications might arise if we get our definitions wrong both now and in the future? Uh, wrong lead to bad choices and terrible consequences, both here and in the future, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, today it's this. What I believe now. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it the way the scriptures say it, right? There's no anchor for my soul, right? No anchor for my soul. And and Ephesians says, you know, these people are tossed here and there in the waves, right? And that could give you about three or four. Okay. Any other thoughts around that? Okay. And then the last one here is. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. 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 Hard and hard. I like that. Hard and hard. Um, yes, and and we see that that's true in many different passages. You know, there's Ephesians passages, Colossians, a lot of different ones. The last question I hear is, what barriers must be overcome to move a person to believe in a biblical worldview instead of what they believe today? Blindness up here. Yep. Yep. Good blindness. Okay. So what are the what are the uh, barriers? Okay. So you can know truth. So you right, got that. There, yep. There is a standard. Yep. Okay. Good. There, there is, an is a standard. Good. There are consequences. God, 
loves you. So God loves you. God has a solution to the problem. Right. God, God loves you. He has a solution to the problem. And I think I think the key thing here, key thing here is there is this is in all my counseling. There is hope. There's hope. People give up when there's no hope. Hope is one of the most important things there is in life. There's hope. Does that make sense? Yeah? Um, okay. Any other thoughts before I just quickly mention the homework? Okay. So then uh, homework for next week is uh, the fourth um, leg of the stool, um, which is my destiny. My destiny, where am I going? Uh, some of the possible alternatives to believe here are reincarnation, annihilation. Just don't think about it. Just like I think, I know John, you talked about it today. Just go be a good person and don't put my head in the sand. You know, you know, better than the person be. You know, was that joke about the bear? Right? You know, bears running after you and the two people. Yeah, have, yeah. Have, I you know, I just gotta be faster than you. <laughs> um, the biblical worldview is that eternity does exist in heaven or hell. God will judge the living and the dead. Um, there's probably a, a bunch of other ones on there too. Um, so what are the implications uh, of the alternatives above? My conclusions and why I believe this? Then the barriers to overcome to move a person to a, be, believe in a biblical worldview. I think the question that I'd ask here on these things here that you put here and then also here on these barriers, one of the things I just want to give you as a thought um, stimulate your thought is um, it, it's a question to ask somebody and that is like granted I, I, I feel like I could be pretty I can be I, granted I feel like I can be um, pretty pretty clear that you you don't believe in a biblical worldview um, whatever your worldview is not a biblical worldview and and uh, I want to encourage you you know, t to reconsider that because of all the things we've been talking about here. But the, th the key thing I want to say on this is w what are the implications both now and in the future if you're wrong? What are the implications both now and in the future if wrong? And ask them to just kind of articulate that. One, it'll tell me if they really know what that biblical worldview actually is and says. But number two is like they're actually describing to me what maybe they've never had to actually put into and I and I'd say well those are pretty huge comp those are pretty huge consequences would you entertain going on a quest to find out more find us just having further conversations around Does that makes sense it's very you're not trying to beat them over the head you're just trying to open up the door for like there's huge consequences if this is okay um would somebody like to close in prayer today? And great. Thanks. Amen.